What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Stillwater and Cruella. First, let's talk about the movie Stillwater. Here's a quick synopsis. An American, Bill Baker, makes a trip to Marseille, France, to visit his daughter, Allison, who has been in prison for five years for the killing of her roommate. Allison asks her father to give the judge who convicted her a letter to reinvestigate the case, and when the judge declines, Bill takes things into his own hands and tries to clear his daughter's name. The reason I was so interested in this movie is because of who directed it and who starred in it. The director is Tom McCarthy and the stars of the movie are Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin. I mean, we have to start with Damon and this is the best leading performance from Matt Damon since The Martian. This is one of the rare times he gets lost in a character. Usually his movie star charisma shines like in Goodwill Hunting and The Martian, but in this movie he is playing a complicated character who at moments is likable but at other moments you easily hate him lately Damon has been on a nice run he's been in Ford v Ferrari no sudden move and Stillwater I think Matt Damon has given two of my favorite performances of the year so far first you have no sudden move which I talked about on that podcast is what I think is the definition of a perfect supporting performance he comes in at the end of that movie and shines like a movie star should then in Stillwater he gives one of the best leading performances of the year. I also just love the fact that Damon is willing to play a character who isn't always noble. It feels like there are some actors who when they plead the lead character in a movie always have to be likable. They always have to be the hero of the movie. This character in Stillwater is complicated. He's unlikable at times and you don't always root for him. And yeah, sometimes Matt Damon does play unlikable characters in like The Departed, but his movie star charm gets you to like those people. That's not the case in Stillwater. This is a very different kind of Matt Damon performance. I think in this movie he's serving the film and not his own movie stardom and I for one really appreciate that. Damon's next movie, The Last Duel, sees him reunite with two of his best collaborators. First, Ben Affleck, who he co-wrote the movie with, along with Nicole Hall of Center. Famously, Damon and Affleck wrote Goodwill Hunting and won the Oscar for Best Screenplay. Also, Damon is reteaming with Ridley Scott. The two previously worked together on The Martian. So yeah, I am hyped for that film. I mean, Goodwill Hunting and The Martian are two of my five favorite Matt Damon movies. The other major star of Stillwater, like I said earlier, is Abigail Breslin, who became famous after her Oscar-nominated performance in Little Miss Sunshine, along with Tony Collette, Greg Kinnear, Alan Argan, Steve Carell, and Paul Dano. I mean, I really like her. She's had a good career appearing in Signs with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix. Definitely Maybe, which I think is an underrated film with Ryan Reynolds, Elizabeth Banks, Rachel Weisz, and Isla Fisher. She was in August Osage County with Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep, Ewan McGregor, Benedict Cumberbatch, and the two Zombieland films with fellow Oscar-nominated actors Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Woody Harrelson. I thought she was great 
great in this movie. She was perfectly cast because she's so likable that she gets you to think that the character is something that she's not. And I thought that was brilliant to use Abigail Breslin in that way. Also, the scenes between her and Matt Damon are tremendous. It just feels so great when you get two movie stars on screen together. And Abigail Breslin held her own against Matt Damon. They were the best scenes in the movie were the ones between Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin. The breakout star of the movie for me is Kamiko Tan, who has great chemistry with Matt Damon. I love when you watch a movie and you get an unexpectedly brilliant performance, and that's what Kamiko Tan gives in Stillwater. Her next film is going to be in Ridley Scott's House of Gucci with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. The director of this film is Tom McCarthy, who I think is a brilliant filmmaker. He made the best picture winning Spotlight, and while this film isn't as good, I still think it's top-notch. I mean, if you give Tom McCarthy a movie star, he is going to get a movie star performance out of them. He did that in Spotlight. I mean, Michael Keaton is perfect in that movie. Rachel McAdams is great in that movie. Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in that film. And in Stillwater, he gets great performances out of Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin. He knows how to make movies that are both entertaining and informative. And that's rare. Usually movies are either one of the two. You either learn something from something or are entertained by it. He is the rare type of director that makes a movie that can do both things. Like Spotlight is super informative movie about a scandal that we should all know about. But you can also watch that movie because it's super entertaining and it has Billy Crudup giving a really good performance. That is a rare thing of a director and Tom McCarthy is one of the rare few directors who can do both things. I mean, take Stillwater, for example. I mean, this movie is a thriller, but it's also saying something about being an American today and how we feel superior towards other cultures. Damon's character in this movie always sees himself as the hero and always sees himself above it all. And I think that's something that we as Americans can all relate to at times, even though we wouldn't want to admit it. The other thing I really liked about Stillwater is it's one of the most surprising films of the year. The lead character of this film is kind of a tragic figure. He wanted to do right by his daughter and risked it all for her and ended up paying the price. I really liked the ending and did not see it coming. That's something I liked about the movie. It was unique and I could not tell where it's headed. Sometimes you watch a movie like this and you can go instantly, oh, I know where this is headed. I know what the ending is going to be like. But there is a final moment between Matt Damon's character and Abigail Breslin's character that I thought was perfect. This film has not been without controversy. I mean, Matt Damon made some recent statements that I, for one, was not a fan of. And you also have the Amanda Knox situation. I mean, Amanda Knox called this movie out for being a lot like what happened in her real life. But on the grounds of being just a good movie, that's what I think Stillwater is. You get a really captivating performance from Matt Damon, a performance you've never seen him give before. You get to see Abigail Breslin shine. I mean, a lot of people forget Abigail Breslin is a really good actress. I think this movie will remind you. Tom McCarthy is one of the best directors working today. I could not recommend it more. Definitely check out the movie Stillwater. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie Cruella. Here's a quick synopsis. Estella dreams of becoming a fashion designer, but when she loses her mother, all seems lost until she meets Boris and Jasper, and the three of them become small-time 
and crooks until the two of them help Estella get a job in the fashion industry and she meets her idol, the Baroness, and comes face to face with her past and in the process dons the alter ego of Cruella. I'll be frank up top, the only reason I would ever give this movie any attention is because of the star of the film, Emma Stone. I have no interest whatsoever in an origin story about the character of Cruella, but the minute I heard that Emma Stone was going to be in this movie, I gave it my total attention, and it did not disappoint. Emma Stone is brilliant in the role, and you can tell she's having a good time. Most of the time, like Matt Damon, she plays a lot of nice people and uses her movie star charm, like in the Amazing Spider-Man films, or in La La Land, or in Easy A, the movie that kind of made her famous. She is a fun character. She's usually a nice person, but in this, she gets to play wicked. She gets to play sinister. Also, no one really seems to be talking about the fact that Emma Stone can really pull off an English accent. She did it so well in The Favorite and again in Cruella. And not one point in this movie where you like, you shouldn't be talking like that, you're Emma Stone. She is very believable and very few American actors are that believable with an English accent. So kudos to her for pulling that off. This is also the first big movie that Emma Stone has had to carry without another major movie star in it. I mean, in the past, she's had co-stars like Ryan Gosling, Joaquin Phoenix, Andrew Garfield, Steve Carell, Rachel Weisz, and Olivia Colman. In this, she is the lone star of the movie. If Emma Stone is not good in this movie, this movie will not work, and she pulls it off brilliantly. I think it's one of her better performances. I think it's one of her funner performances. It's just an all-around good time watching Emma Stone play Cruella DeVille. I had serious doubts about somebody playing a live-action version of Cruella DeVille. I mean, Glenn Close tried it in those two 101 Dalmatian movies in the 90s, and I was not a fan of that. So to see Emma Stone pull it off, I think, again, this shows how great of a movie star she is. She can make anything worth watching. Five years ago, if you had gone in a time machine and told me a Cruella movie is coming, I would not have been excited about it. But here we are, and I am a fan of it, and the major reason why is Emma Stone. That's the one thing that's super cool about these Disney live-action remakes, if you will. You get to see some of your favorite movie stars play these iconic characters. I mean, you saw Angelina Jolie play Maleficent. You saw Emma Watson play Belle. You saw Bill Murray voice the character of Baloo. I mean, these are some of the biggest names who are lending their voices and their acting abilities to some very well-known characters from your childhood. That's the one part of all this that is cool. I mean, in the future, we're getting Jude Law playing Captain Hook, and we're getting Tom Hanks playing Geppetto. If that doesn't get you interested in these Disney live-action remakes, I don't know what will. Movie stardom is propelling these things farther. Stone's next projects include the movie Poor Things with Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Gerard Carmichael, and Rami Youssef, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimos and Stone previously worked together on The Favorite, so call me excited for that one. She's also going to star in the television series The Curse with Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. Cruella proved one thing. If Emma Stone is in a movie, it is going to be of high quality. I mean, she hasn't made bad movies since Aloha and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and after those two stinkers, she's been in 
good movie after good movie after good movie. I will never doubt Emma Stone ever again. Also in this film is Emma Thompson, and who isn't a fan of Emma Thompson? She's been in a lot of Disney films recently. She was in Disney Pixar's Brave with Kelly McDonald, Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks and Paul Giamatti, Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson, and Dan Stevens, and now Cruella. And with this movie, she really is the villain with absolutely no redeeming qualities. Her scenes with Emma Stone are great. I mean, I have to talk about the movie Saving Mr. Banks. That is my absolute favorite Emma Thompson movie. I love her scenes with Tom Hanks in that film. I love her scenes with Paul Giamatti. Colin Farrell is unbelievable in that movie. That is the most underrated Disney movie of the past decade or so, Saving Mr. Banks. If you have not seen Saving Mr. Banks, I could not recommend it more. The rest of the supporting cast of Cruella includes Joel Fry from Yesterday, Paul Walter Hauser from I, Tonya and Richard Jewell, and Mark Strong from Shazam in 1917. The director of this film is Craig Gillespie, who is an underrated director. I really like his previous films. You have Lars and the Real Girl with Ryan Gosling and I, Tonya with Margot Robbie, Sebastian Stan, and Paul Walter Hauser. And with Cruella, he gives an iconic Disney villain a worthy origin story that is a lot of fun. And with I, Tonya, the more and more you watch the movie, the better that movie gets. I mean, that is Margot Robbie's absolute best performance of her career so far. I love everything about that movie. Sebastian Stan is great in that movie. That movie introduces all to Paul Walter Hauser. He has never been better in a movie. Sorry, Richard Jewell, he's better in I, Tonya. And in a weird way, Cruella and I, Tonya are kind of doing the same thing. Even though I, Tonya is based on a real person and Cruella is based on a fictional person, going into these movies, we had our idea of who these lead characters are and he changed our views on them. He humanized both of them in a weird way. He humanized I, Tonya. I mean, a lot of people think of Tonya Harding as a real-life villain and with Cruella, she is, of course, the villain of a movie. Yet, he made those people human. He told us why those people are who they are. I've heard a lot of the critiques of this movie, and I understand that a lot of people are nitpicking this movie and saying this in no way feels connected to the cartoon character from the 1961 movie, 101 Dalmatians. And for those people, I say, who cares? I don't want to see the same story. I want to see them do something different with a character that we all know. Tell a unique and interesting story. That's exactly what this movie does. It's like the Angelina Jolie film Maleficent. If I wanted them to retell the story of Sleeping Beauty, I would just watch the movie Sleeping Beauty. I know a lot of people go into these Disney live action films and say I want everything to be the same and if they're not I'm going to criticize them. I mean people did that with Beauty and the Beast. They did that with Aladdin. They did that with The Lion King. It's like there's no winning with these people. If you give them the same thing, they're saying all you do is give me the same thing and if you give them something different they say oh wow I want what 101 Dalmatians was this movie gives Cruella a different version of the character and I for one am fine with it because this version Emma Stone's version of the character is way more interesting than the character from the 1961 movie 101 Dalmatians the Disney live action films have been a bit of a mixed bag my personal favorites are the Jungle Book 
Cinderella, Peach Dragon, Maleficent, and now Cruella. What all those movies do is, yes, they use those nostalgic characters, but they do it in a different and interesting way. I mean, the look of Jungle Book is fantastic. It's a, it's probably the most similar to the original film of the movies I just mentioned, but man, I love that movie because of Bill Murray and Idris Elba. You also have Cinderella, which is very similar to the Cinderella cartoon, but that movie did not have Lily James, who gives a breakout performance. Then you have Pete's Dragon, which is so different from the original Pete's Dragon, which I don't remember even being a good film. And with Maleficent and Cruella, you get the villain's origin story, and I would love to see other villains get origin stories. I would love to see a movie about Scar from The Lion King, Hades from Hercules, or the evil queen from Snow White. There are two very popular films that everyone is comparing to Cruella. First, you have The Devil Wears Prada, and then you have The Joker. It's like Prada because of the fact that it's set in the fashion world. Also, the dynamic between Stone and Thompson is very similar to the one between Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. And it's like The Joker in a way that it's an origin story that makes a normally despised character more human. Also, there are moments where the setting kind of resembles Joker. Like, it's kind of dark in that way that Joker was, if that makes any sense. I do find it weird when people use that as a criticism against some films. Like, oh, Cruella is too much like The Devil Wears Prada and Joker. Like, I don't want a movie to resemble another movie. That's what every single movie ever does. They are inspired by other films. Like, I remember when Joker came out starring Joaquin Phoenix, and they were all like, oh, this is way too much like Taxi Driver. This is too much like Martin Scorsese's other 1970s films. Well, those films are very good, so why wouldn't the Joker be inspired by something like that? A lot of people really love the movie The Devil Wears Prada, so if a movie like Cruella was inspired by that movie to make something a little similar, I don't think the movie is that much like The Devil Wears Prada, but I understand the similarities that are being made towards it. Overall, they had to make a movie about a character and an origin story that not a lot of us were that interested in. Let's be honest, people. We didn't really care about how a woman got to a point in her life where she wanted to skin some Dalmatians. Nobody really cared about the origin story of Cruella DeVille. What we did care about was Emma Stone. That is the point I'm trying to make here. It is about the movie star. People say movie stars don't matter. This is an exact reason why they still do. Emma Stone can be a part of a movie like Cruella that no one cares about and makes you care about it. Nobody would have given this movie the time of day if it did not star an A-list actor. I can say the same thing about Joker. Every time that character has been on screen, people are interested in him because he's played by a major movie star. Jack Nicholson played him in the 90s. Heath Ledger played him in the 2000s and now Joaquin Phoenix is playing the character and when Jared Leto played the character we cared about Jared Leto we don't really care about these characters we care about the movie star playing them and that's what Cruella is it's about the movie star it's about the Emma Stone of it all do you know why Aladdin was a big box office success it's not because people wanted a live action Aladdin adaptation it's because Will Smith was playing the genie character made famous by Robin Williams. That movie went from one movie star to another movie star. Movie stars are so important, and these Disney live-action movies are proof of that. Maleficent was a gigantic hit. 
Sleeping Beauty, yeah, people like the movie, people like the character of Maleficent, but the reason it became popular, because the character was played by Angelina Jolie, and the reason that Cruella is having a moment right now is not because of that character that no one cares about, it's because of Emma Stone. Movie stars can still turn something into a hit that have no right being a hit, and on paper, Cruella has no right being a hit. In the middle of a pandemic for a movie to make over $200 million about Cruella DeVille, yeah, I think all the credit goes to Emma Stone, and I, for one, am happy there's going to be a sequel. I want to see Emma Stone play this character again, because it was a good time. I highly recommend you watch the movie Cruella. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and this week I put the spotlight on the movie Stillwater and Cruella. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the career of comedic actor Jack Black and the movie Worth, starring Michael Keaton, Stanley Tucci, and Amy Ryan. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.